Good evening everybody, this is Daniel with No Pain No Spain, um, sick and tired of everything, today's been a very long day and it hasn't yet ended so uh, it's not gonna be a very positive podcast, actually there is something that I wanted to talk about, I've been thinking about it all day, but first of all allow me to apologize for the sound and my previous podcast but I don't seem to catch the drift and the knack on what how the microphones work or how the, the editing of the recording because the, when I heard it after recording it it sounded good but then I posted it in Spotify and uh, a couple of friends were telling me hey man you can't hear shit in the first half and when I uh, when I checked it it was true and now I cannot even delete it or do something oh fuck it man and, uh, it's not. Uh, I'd like to say, oh, I've, I've invested so much money in this, but I haven't. I've, I've invested some, obviously, in the wrong <laughs> equipment because it's fuck all. But anyways, I'm using. A, I have a new phone because I lost my previous one. I'm having a discussion with my best friend because I lost my Pixel 3 XL, much beloved Pixel 3 XL, and now I'm. Uh, now I'm having an iPhone and because of unconsequential reasons I had to get an iPhone. Anyways, I'm not going to go through that, but so we're having a discussion with my friend we always have about Android and Apple and he's an Apple lover. Uh, apparently Apple finances him or sponsors him because goddamn he can defend Apple to the bone and I understand why he does it but uh, I'm an Android guy now I used to be an Apple guy but now I'm an Android guy especially the, the pure Android by Google in the pixel ah fuck this anyways hi let's start all over again tonight I want to speak about something that I have already been speaking about or has come out in various uh, podcasts of mine which is the inner dialogue that we have with ourselves the, the our inner selves or our true selves is it our true selves? I don't know but it is part of ourselves for sure it is this internal dialogue that we constantly have in which, uh, in which we try to make sense of everything that surrounds us and I'm not talking about the unconscious, huh? not the unconscious, no, that's a whole different issue. I'm talking about the, uh, this little voice that uh, you know, tells us certain things within us and the, the, the one that keeps our secrets, the, ones that, uh, the, one, the one that, you know, that knows everything about us, even our, our, our most humane thing. Into, to our most inhumane things but this inner dialogue that we all have and uh, and also I've been I, I talked about the mirror image of, uh, of Lacan and his theory of, of self-discovery at the age of I think it's between two and four years old uh, the, the, the time when 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 you see yourself in a mirror reflection for the first time and you see it two-dimensional being that most of the times does not reflect how you felt so far or what you thought about yourself so far you recognize yourself as a different entity and then you have to start assuming that entity 
into your identity you know and start to understand that this is the in layman's term this is the presentation card that you have this is the body and the thing that everybody else sees they don't necessarily see everything that's going in inside and uh, actually the, the the whole most of our lives we spend hiding what is inside and projecting something that attracts peers or makes you uh, feel respected or admired so so this internal dialogue gets complicated by time okay now there comes a time in in in, in people's uh, life and i think i'm at that stage now where this internal dialogue it starts starts losing sense in a way because um, it's 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 a little bit like a war it's a little bit like a fight it's a little bit like uh, the, the inner voice uh, begins repeating over and over again i told you uh, you did it again uh, why don't you listen to me and, and look at what you happen so it starts demeaning you and it starts you know attacking you a little bit more frontal than, uh, than usual whereas before you were um, kind of able to manage the balance between between both voices uh, but throughout time I think it's part of our life I think it's the the again bringing coming back to things I've said before it's the you know the road ahead of you it's much shorter than the road behind you so the bullshit begins to dilute and begins to uh, not make too much sense so you start you start uh, what would be uh, demanding that this uh, that this voice uh, keeps getting more serious or you start demanding that that you uh, that you begin actually becoming one voice rather than two so you don't have this duality that's uh, constantly with us so uh, today uh, as I was uh, seeing my son play and interact with other kids which is a marvelous thing to see I mean if you uh, I've gone through this before with other kids and with my small small very small sisters and my my um, my oldest daughter and other kids and you don't seem to pay attention to a lot of small details on the interactions among them because it, it, it's very special it's very mm, pure raw it's uh, it, it's it's pure essence there's no bullshit uh, however you if you pay attention you start you start seeing the bullshit coming in drop by drop you know in the well in their for example in their games of I'm better than you and uh, you can't do this but I can uh, oh my my parents gave me this and they didn't give you that it, it's sad enough but it does but it does uh, it does occur it does occur it does it does occur and and if you pay attention to it you um, you start noticing these little things you know you start noticing the the <laughs> the introduction of this inner dialogue within them you know and and i've been listening and reading 
a lot of uh, Piaget and uh, some Freud, but I don't like Freud, but I understand you know, there's some essays of his that really, really make sense. Uh, it's not that they don't make sense, it's that, I'll be honest, I don't understand what the fuck he's talking about, so I'm not going to bullshit you. <laughs> okay, there's just a very few of them that I do actually at least know what he's talking about. It's not that I fully understand it, but at least I know what he's talking about. Most of them, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> speak English, man, or German, or whatever language, but speak one, man, because... I'm reading, I've read 58 pages and I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But anyway, so uh, Piaget, Lacan, uh, another, another psychologist, Jung, you know, they all talk about this inner voice and how to confront it and how to, um, and how to manage it because it's inevitable. But the, my question is, um, and, and this came through uh, listening to a podcast of uh, Steven Reisner, Who's a, who's a psychoanalyst, he's Freudian, but he's, he's, he's absolutely, I don't know if he's smart or he sounds smart, but either way, it's very interesting to hear. And he talks about the origin of the inner world and um, he, he predicates that origin on the fact of lying, okay, on telling lies. So <laughs> there, uh, according to uh, him, which he's basing his theory on Freudian um, uh, texts and, and theories, is that that inner world becomes apparent to us the moment we tell our first lie and how that first lie is dealt with at many levels. Uh, how it is dealt with by yourself, how is it dealt with by other people and what reaction and cause and, 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 and effect this has. He speaks about <laughs> three, three lies that he's, uh, been, he's witnessed and, uh, or that he's worked with, with patients. I think the first one was his own experience as a kid uh, in which he got caught stealing when he was four. And how um, he actually, I'm sorry about the noise, I tell you, I'm going to go fucking crazy i'm gonna go kill someone i hate this fucking city man i hope they blow it up god damn it man can't even walk and uh so what he says is that when he was small he went to a friend's house he, I, I think the age was three or four years old he went to uh, to a friend's house and this friend had a had a toy which he which he uh which he fancied, which he wanted. So he decided to put it in his pocket and take it home. Uh, however, it was, a, it was kind of a sort of a clay toy. So when he, when he was leaving, he noticed that because of the heat, this, this clay toy had melted in his pocket. And so he began crying. And so the mother of the other child came and you know, felt very sorry about it and started cleaning up his pants and telling him he was right. And, and, and only then did he realize or he came to the conclusion that this lady did not know that his intention was stealing this toy. You know, and so, and so for him, this was the opening or the, the wide, violent introduction to an inner world because according to him now, he understood that other people 
do not know everything about you. Other people do not see everything about you. You know? Ah, man, the noise. I tell you, the noise. It's unbelievable. So, um, so that's one of the examples he mentions. Then he mentions another one about a girl who asks his father for money to buy some coloring pencils. And the dad said he doesn't have any money, so forget it. But then he tells the young girl, listen, can you go to the store and buy me some cigarettes? So he gives him, I don't know, 10 euros. So the girl goes to the store and brings back the change. And she had taken out the money for his paint drawing pencils. You know, so when her dad find out, she punished her and said, but the, the whole point here is that from the girl's side, from what I understood about this theory, the girl's side, I mean, he, she was only repeating what her father had already done. Because remember, her father said she couldn't buy the pencils because he didn't have any money when immediately he asks her to go buy some cigarettes with some money. So, and then she steals the money from him. So this, this, um, this interaction is pretty, pretty complicated. You know, it's pretty complicated from uh, from even uh, especially if you put it from a Freudian uh, perspective, in which uh, the whole ego and superego comes in, and, uh, and the unconscious. Uh, well, it, it's it, it can get really complicated. This case, the the other case he mentioned is uh, is an interesting one because it's <laughs> it's very curious. Now uh, it goes like this: so this kid who's um, whose father is a big tycoon in, uh, in Wall Street, uh, he gets caught in school stealing someone else's lunch money. And so they call him, they call his parents, and they, well, they go through the whole, you know, I think we've all been there, we've all done that. So they go through the whole procedure and shit, and then he find, the kid finds out that his father is tremendously angry at him, and tremendously disappointed, but not because he stole the money, rather because he got caught stealing the money. That's also a very complex thing. Now, I myself can relate to one of these three lies that uh, Steven Reisner mentions. I can relate to his personal experience about the, the toy in the pocket because something very, very similar happened to me when I was a kid. And when he mentioned it, I kind of went back in time and noticed. It's like I could, it was very funny because I could see myself. I had, I, you know, you, have you ever had those nanoseconds of transcendental experience in which you're suddenly transported into a place and location and, and you're witnessing something? So I could see, I must have been four or five, and I was playing in a, in a friend of mine whose parents were obviously very rich. And they were North Americans. This was in Honduras. And we were not exactly poor, but we were very limited in resources. So I, I, I happened to come upon a kid whose father was some, something of the American embassy, as far as I can remember. And, uh, and he had all these fancy toys, man, all these, wow. And I remember being in his room and, and, and picking one up. I think it was a, a matchbox car catalog. So it wasn't even a toy. 
it was a catalog, you know, the matchbox cars. I mean, if you're a boy about my age, you surely know what I'm talking about. So he had this catalog, which was very small. It was kind of very, it was not a magazine. It was like a little handbook. And, and, and I put it in my pocket. And when I went out, the door was locked. So his mother came to open. And as she opened the door, the fucking catalog fell off my pocket. And as far as I can remember, I remember she was very kind. She was very comprehensive. She didn't traumatize me or anything, whatever. But I do remember that... Well, I do remember. I do feel that, you know, something happened to me there. Like, I got caught. So I had this sense of shame, this sense of self-humiliation. Now I've... uh, it's like, although it's not exactly true, but it's like my true self have been re- revealed to someone. Someone could see the evil that I can do. You know, someone witnessed and was... Uh, someone witnessed the evil that I could do. And, and it's funny because this has followed me throughout life at one level or another. You know, I'm always trying to... It's not that I lie a lot. <laughs> I do lie. We all do. But I feel that my lies is not because of personal gain, like the, the rich father telling his kid that it shouldn't be a problem stealing as long as you don't get caught. But it's rather a, the thing of shame. You know, but, but then... It's a very complex thing. But nevertheless, what I wanted to say is that this is when you start realizing, when you tell your first lies or when you become aware of the first lies and depending how this is dealt with, that's going to be more or less the basis of your internal dialogue for the rest of your life. Some people are, um, well, hopefully some parents are very understanding and can fully relate to this. Others, well, not exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But uh, so my point is, and I'm not going to go through copyrights things, but also Stephen Reisner's point is that this is the pathology of the world. (laughs) We are these three different people, you know, in society. There are those who have a conscience, who who are aware of what's right and what's wrong, you know, and, 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 and that wrong has consequences and so does right, you know, and, and uh, I'll be the, the, the consequences of being right are not always as visible as the ones when you're wrong. But nevertheless, they're still there, you know, or you could be a, 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 a balancing act in your, um, in, in your internal dialogue, meaning that like the case in the second, in the second case about the girl whose father told her she, he didn't have any money, in which you, you take advantage of somebody else's weaknesses, you know? So, and then the third case, which is a complete psychopath. Because you are not taught that this inner world is there to balance you out. You are taught that this inner world is to be avoided and that you should take advantage of everybody else's inner world in order to make a profit, you know? And we can see this in, uh, in, 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 in our current political world.
Is there anyone out there who listens to me who still believes in politics at all? I don't. I have completely stopped believing in politics. Completely. There's one exception though. Fascists. Uh, I think they should be killed. I think they should be put against the wall and shot. Simple as that. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, bring it on. I'm going to go all out. That's what I think should be done to them. No, uh, no comprehensive dialogue. No, let's try to understand other views. No respect for what you think. No, against the fucking wall, bullet in the head, gone, adios. The rest of us, the normal people who have, who are either right or left or have, and I, I don't believe in anyone is completely right or anybody is completely left. I believe uh, Chris Rock used to, um, used to have a joke about, you know, he was against ab abortion, but loved prostitution. So we all have that. We're not completely left or right polit politics oriented. We, we have a little bit of both. We might, be, we might put our weight towards one of those, but usually there is a balance. Now, well, this is why I want to, I think fascists should be shot in the heads because they have gone all the way to the other side. They have no balance at all and they are pure evil. Yes, I've said it, pure fucking evil. Let's put these fuckers against the wall and shoot them in the face, period. Uh, nevertheless, in, in politics, all I see is people going around the same arguments, never addressing what the real issues is. And this, and this is because of very curious things, because politicians by nature are liars, okay? The whole career of politician is uh, predicated on the fact of lying, of, uh, of having a, a very sensitive uh, uh, tact on what people want to hear and tell them exactly that so that you can have support, you know, so that people start supporting you and then you start exploiting that to the levels of, uh, you know, of, 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 an, of an unconscious social mass. And that can be very dangerous, and it actually is very dangerous. It has always been very dangerous, and it will always be dangerous. Okay, so that's why I've lost complete faith in that. I don't give a fuck who you are, right, left, middle, center, moderate. I don't give a fuck. At one level or another, you are lying, and you are working towards an agenda. And then because also we all know that politicians do not have any power at all. You know, the big magnets the big uh, oligarchs of, of the world do have the power uh, you know in, in Spain we have I think it's two or three companies that have more money than the country itself you know and that would be Telefonica uh, Gas Natural and uh, I don't know and, and another one of these services things companies so you're not telling me that a company that has more economical power than the country itself has any saying to do no of course not when uh, when the president travels before this coronavirus when things were relatively normal when the president travels to other countries he travels with two or three planes now what, what the fuck 
You think he takes his family and shit? No, he takes the the magnets, the 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 the, the empire creators. These guys go with him because all he does is open doors for these guys to come in, and so so everybody is fully aware of that. But we still follow politics. We still get angry. We still get uh, emotional about the issue. Well, that is simply because politicians have this internal world in which they manipulate their, their external um, reality. Meaning they don't give a fuck. They don't have a conscience. You cannot have a conscience. I'm sorry. It's, it's out of the deal. If you're a politician with very, very, very few exceptions, uh, Mandela, Gandhi, um, Mujica, uh, and I guess that's it. Unless you're three, but the rest, you're a psychological, psychopathical liar, you know? And nobody, nobody, nobody has ever said what they were, what they promised they would do. Nobody, ever. <laughs> That's the history of politics. I don't care who, even Mandela, even Gandhi, none, no politician in the history of humanity has... Uh, come up with the promises they made before going to uh, to become coming to power. So get that out of your mind. And it's not going to happen now, and it's not going to happen ever, unless we change our political and thought system. But it's this thing which you have to be careful. I think you have to analyze and find yourself in which point in your life that you become aware that you had this inner world. Okay, that's not an easy task. I was very fortunate to be, to, for mine to be very similar to Stephen Reiser's. A little more violent than his, because in his case, the mother did not know that he was stealing what he had in his pocket. Rather, she was, she was all worried that, her, that his pants were ruined and he was, she was trying to feel the pants. In my case, she knew I was stealing this stupid piece of paper catalog matchbox car catalog and she dealt with it in a very as far as i remember in a very humane motherly way so the approach is different because i got caught with the whole act and but imagine that this lady would have would have been hysterical or paranoid and and call my parents and tell them i caught your son stealing and how can you raise a kid like this and then he was my schoolmate this kid was this other kid was my schoolmate how about she went to school and told everybody that i had tried that would have been a very traumatizing experience that would have changed my inner dialogue until today you know so uh, if you can try and 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 and, and find the place end time of your first lie oh I don't lie bullshit and see what happened not what happened to you only but what happened to your surroundings what how was the situation dealt with did your parents spank you did they speak to you did whoever caught you uh, advised you not to or told you that real that lie? I don't know but only then can we understand how that inner dialogue has been mm, somehow manipulated by uh, uh, these first experiences. So uh, that's something that I've been thinking of today. 
and I've been very worried about this coronavirus situation. It's getting way out of hand, but uh, here's uh, something I want to say, and I know a lot of people out there are not going to agree with me. It's not that a lot of people hear this podcast, and it's not that out of those very few that listen to this podcast, listen this far up the podcast. <laughs> so, but speaking to myself, let me tell you a little, little thing that we've come up with, my girlfriend and, and I, that uh, I'm a very, those who know me know I'm a very open person. I'm a people person. I, uh, I walk around and I speak to everybody. And uh, especially here in, the, in the, the neighborhood that we live in, I move I think 80% of my time and, and movements are within three blocks. And within this, those three blocks, I know a shitload of people. I mean a shitload. Now, maybe a hundred different people who are not related to each other in any way. Who The guy in this bar, the guy in that state, the, the guy in the streets, the two old people who sit at the... At the, at the park, you know, the Pakistanis guy, the Chinese guys, Xavi, I know other two Xavis, Luis, Tomas. I know a shitload of people. Not profoundly, but I sit down, I speak to them and shit. And um, it's not that I go through intellectual conversations with them, not even close, but we speak a lot about coronavirus. And nobody, nobody has mentioned that they even know of someone who knows they've got coronavirus okay I'll leave you with that so uh, according to statistics if you know a hundred people the correlation of people you are connected with I think it comes I think the number was like 25,000 you know the, the the links these people have because this guy knows a hundred other people and this guy knows a hundred other people and and between all so for each one you have like a big possibility and nobody has ever told me that they even know of someone who knows of someone who had coronavirus you know and that's i'm not saying it's a lie no 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 i'm not saying it's a lie because i don't know i'm not saying it's true either because i don't know because all the information we have is the news and you know that, so according, if you're going to follow that, then we're all fucked because cases keep rising all every day and people are dying like fucking flies. But I think that in four or five, oh, April, May, June, July, four or five months that this has been happening at the rate they've been telling us this is happening, we should see some results. I mean, you should be able to know someone who knows someone Who's heard of someone who had coronavirus? And we don't. And I've spoken to a couple of close friends. I don't have close friends, but people I, I see more often than others. And they all agree that they, they're in the same situation. They don't know of anybody who even knows of anybody who has coronavirus. Huh. Uh, if you do know someone who has coronavirus, let me know, because I don't, and I'm actively looking. I know in the building I worked in, they were mentioned that there was one case, and that's why they evacuated the building and they sent us all home. Nobody knows who this one is, 
nobody knows what happens to him and or nothing zero 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 we have zero information about this one case that happened in a building in which more than 5,000 people work so I don't know I don't know what to think I don't know what uh, I think I don't think this is a conspiracy because it'll be too, it would be too difficult I mean people think about conspiracies but conspiracies are are tremendously unbelievably statistically very difficult to pull through you know so a conspiracy would mean that millions of people millions are in it I have very serious doubts on that do an experiment get 10 friends tell them a secret see how far that goes and I imagine millions of people and yes I know there are some uh, what, what are they called uh, deniers out there people who deny it but their 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 information is so biased and their and it's it's so confusing i saw i hear i heard one that they said uh did you know that five months prior to the coronavirus pandemic the who and various other organizations among them the bill and gates foundation and the uh, rockefeller foundation and uh, bill clinton foundation got together and spoke about the pandemic and they mentioned things that are very similar to what's happening and that is true that is very true they did meet five months before the pandemic began and they spoke about things that are happening now what they fail to tell you is that they meet every year <laughs> to talk about how a pandemic works. So there you go. That's not a lie, but that's half the truth. You know, so what the fuck, man? If you're, if you're, if you're going to tell a truth, tell it all, man. Don't tell half of it because then I'll discover and I'll consider everything you said bullshit. Whereas not, it's true. Five months before the pandemic, they all met and, 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 and evaluated what a pandemic would look like and how to deal with it. And it was very, very, very close to what's happening now. Well, shit, that's how pandemics work. It's not that this one's special. They all work the same way. And these guys have been meeting every year for the past 20 years. So, <laughs> so these are the people who are deniers. These are the people who, who, who go against the, the, the major. And I wish there was someone smart enough or with, with enough information to, to give us so that we can go, yes, okay, this is true. But so far, I haven't heard of any. And I look because I'm, I'm a very curious guy. So it scares me to think that we're all falling for a lie that has become the new reality, you know. And, and uh, as I said, I don't think they're lying. I don't think it's a conspiracy. But I think it became extremely convenient for the... For the powers that be or for the system to have a pandemic in which they could introduce tools to control us. Uh, that I think it's true and I, uh, I truly believe it's true. You know, the, uh, considering again that I don't know anybody who's known somebody who even heard of somebody who has coronavirus. And oh, among this group of people that I, that I know from the from the street 
a lot of them are elderly people, way ahead of 70 years old, and still they know of no one who had coronavirus. Anyways, uh, that's my worries today. So uh, remember, the inner dialogue has to be balanced out so that this bullshit that is happening now with the pandemic in which we don't know what to believe, we don't know who's telling the truth, we don't know if this truth is convenient to some social group or some economic power and we don't know shit and all we can do is follow and say yes, 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 yes because we have no choice. Well, the choice is to fucking think, use your fucking brain and move because uh, there's a there's a, a, a wrong how would I say it a wrong idea of how things work okay uh, for example I, uh, I've been hearing a lot of people oh we should all go and, and stand before the government building with uh, signs and shit that shit don't work it has never worked it will never work fuck it man how can we be so naive man Oh no, we must have a peaceful demonstration. Fuck, man. Again, never in the history of humanity has any peaceful demonstration worked. Never, ever. And if it has worked, it didn't last long. Okay, so either we shut the fuck up and, and, and eat all the bullshit that they're telling us about the coronavirus, or we just skip and become anti-socials, anti-system, and be isolated because that's what they're going to do. <clears throat> they're going to come up with a vaccine and it's going to be DNA based and it's going to be extremely manipulative and it's going to fuck you with your genes and it's going to fuck you with, the, with a lot of your, with your inner, with, your, with, with yourself. It's going to fuck. But, but all they have to do is, and they will do it, is tell you, listen, this is the new norm. You don't get the vaccine, you don't get to work. And believe you me, that is the end of the discussion unless we all pull through which we won't so those are our choices and that's what i'd like you to think about today i'm gonna go now it's very hot it's very noisy still have a couple of hours ahead of me things i have to do at home but anyways, thanks for listening. Those of you who do, keep well, keep safe, and keep sane, most of all. Have a good one, friends.